Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning. It's Monday, November 29th, 2021. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I'm Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer at Efficient Market Advisors. We, of course, are a business of Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary, which can also be found as a podcast on all the various podcast formats. The presentation I'm giving you this morning is meant for both investors and financial advisors. Of course, each are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained here should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. Everything is for informational purposes only. Well, just when we thought it was safe to not watch the markets on Friday in a shortened trading session, which is normally a very low volume trading session. We were hit with early morning news, uh, actually about 3.30 in the morning, our time in California. Uh, we got a news alert uh, that there was a new uh, variant of the COVID-19 virus. Not unexpected that there would be new variants, uh, but the way sort of the headlines were written and the stories told, it made it seem as though it might be more lethal um, and then, of course, as the day progressed, that has that is calmed a bit. We'll address it later in the presentation. Regardless, for the week, it set stock markets in the red, mostly down pretty substantially, anywhere from two and a half to three percent, three almost four percent on uh, international stocks. That, of course, sent the flight to quality or the bid towards uh, bonds, specifically government-issued bonds, treasuries, and mortgage-backed securities from the United States government being the safest of all in this type of situation. And as you can see, the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index, which is very heavily weighted, it's a cap-weighted index to treasuries, was up an eighth of a percent. And of course, long-dated treasuries up big. What was a bit of a surprise was that we got a bigger-than-normal sell-off with high-yield bonds. Now, you might say, well, gee, if mid and small cap stocks were down 3%, it makes sense that high yield bonds could sell off so much. And that's true historically. But in the last couple of years, uh, because interest rates have been so low and inflation so low, we never saw that. So we're looking at a big widening in spread in high yields. If you remember, earlier this year, EMA cut its high yield position in half. Still positive for the year, not to be panicked, but we did cut that position in half earlier in the year. The economic data, which was mostly pulled forward to Wednesday, so all of this data came out before the news on the new coronavirus um, iteration. We got existing home sales for October. They rose uh, and they were ahead of expectation. You can see over here on the right, 6.34 million annualized pace. That was, uh, that was exciting. And with just um, November and December yet to go, it appears that we're going to end up with the highest one year uh, number of existing home sales, uh, over 6 million, the highest since about 2006. So 
Good, good news if you're in the residential real estate business. New home sales also picking up again, rose four tenths of a percent. Estimate was for flat. Uh, and so good, solid news there. Nice, solid upward trend. We had that big sort of big move here uh, in 2020 during the virus uh, or initial days of the virus. We got the flash readings for November for market manufacturing and services. Remember manufacturing is about 15% of the US economy rose to 59.1. That's a very, very strong number for manufacturing. Services rose to 57, a little bit below the estimate, but still a very strong reading. So um, obviously all of this is before any potential discussions around how significant or serious this new uh, COVID variant may or may not be, whether or not it will or will not result in economic um, uh, either voluntary or involuntary reduction in economic activity is yet to be seen. Um, still, uh, good numbers. And then weekly jobless claims got below 200,000. And I would say below 300,000, you have a very good jobs market. Below 200,000, you have an outstanding, phenomenal jobs market. So it's only a week, it's only 199, but very happy to see that number. I also continue to bring you the California number. It jumped about 27% of claims because by understanding that California is its own unique economy with a significantly higher uh, unemployment problem or claims for unemployment problem, um, uh, then you see that the rest of the country, the other 49 states uh, are even better than the 199 might appear, even better than the 199 might appear. So this is a good report on weekly initial claims for unemployment. Third quarter GDP was revised slightly higher to 2.1%. That came uh, pretty much entirely from a higher personal consumption growth reading up from 1.6 to 1.7. Incidentally, you know, we knew third quarter was going to be low. That's the, the growth rate, the annualized growth rate. Uh, but uh, fourth quarter now seems, it continues to track higher and higher almost on a daily basis. As economic data comes out, it figures into the calculation for the estimate. And as the, the closer you get to the end of the quarter, the more accurate it tends to be, right? It's because you have so much data already in the calculation. Uh, we're more than halfway through the quarter now as we're getting close to the end of November and we're tracking there at 8.6%, which of course, is just a great, great, great number, a phenomenal um, number. Okay. Durable goods orders fell a half a percent, but that's a volatile series and we hadn't had a down month in, well, actually it's back to back down months, but very, very slight. You can see over there uh, on the right. If you back out the big aircraft, which was down 14 and a half percent, because that's super volatile and big, big numbers. So it can skew things. So we look at both backing out transportation. We actually had a five tenths of a percent or a half a percent gain. So that was good, solid number all the way around. Personal income rose a half a percent, is up almost 6% year over year. Personal spending shot up 1.3% and is up a whopping, that's not a typo, 12% year over year in personal spending. So that's uh, consumer remains king and remains strong here in the United States. Now, perhaps I told you last week on the commentary that the most important reading we were going to get was PCE price index. And I said that if the, if the year over year exceeded 
expectations, which were running around 4.1, actually 4.5 when I came out uh, with you, but then expectations dropped through the week to 4.1. So the reality is, um, I think the market breathed a slight sigh of relief on Wednesday when we got that core inflation was, quote, only up 4.1%. Clearly, that number is unacceptable. Clearly, uh, the Fed must act. They have already stated that they will begin their tapering of asset purchases, but that seems largely symbolic. Uh, in my view, uh, they must raise interest rates sooner rather than later. Uh, they are still concerned with, now again, the, they're looking at the coronavirus pandemic, saying, well, if there's a new variant and there's economic um, slowdowns, perhaps, then we need to push that rate hike date out even further. I do not think that's the right call here. And so we are seeing inflation begin to permeate further and further through uh, in our daily lives, our daily activities. Um, it's going to be interesting to see when lawmakers begin to really put the pressure on the Federal Reserve to act, because this is a statutory mandate to maintain price stability. Now, Congress never defined price stability common sense would make you think it would be very, very low inflation or no inflation. The Fed subsequently defined price stability at 2%. That's the number many central banks around the world use as well. We are far in excess of that. There is a policy lag once you begin raising rates. Therefore, it is imperative in our view that the Fed act now. Sentiment from the University of Michigan. Now, I got to say, University of Michigan sentiment is probably pretty good for those of you that are football fans because the University of Michigan beat Ohio State for the first time in 20 years on Saturday. But this Michigan sentiment has nothing to do with football. It fell to 67.4. That was well below expectations. Current conditions fell again. Expectations fell again. And this is the lowest reading in more than a decade, all over the same thing I mentioned on the previous slide, which is concerns about inflation, which I share, which I'm sure all of you are beginning to share. As you see, you try to fill the, your, your gas tanks and buy food and all the different things that we all need. We, so in response to this announcement about this new uh, variant of the coronavirus, which they're nicknaming uh, Omicron. They go through the Greek letters, and I thought it was, it was, it was appropriate and funny. Uh, the, the, uh, I know the Greek alphabet and the letter right before Omicron is Xi, uh, not, not G, but Xi, X-I, spelled in English exactly the way the name of the chairman of the Communist Party of the People's Republic of China is spelled. So I think it was wise for optic reasons to go ahead and skip that one. Uh, it's not a conspiracy. Uh, it just was the right thing to do. And uh, they did do that. But this new discovery of this new variant uh, in multiple locations led to a very significant risk off mode or, or decline in risk assets, a sell off in stocks. Uh, but at the time, you know, we looked at it here and we said, well, okay, what do we know? And what we learned is that we don't know anything and everything is uncertain. We don't know, is it more or less transmissible? We don't know if the symptoms are more significant or less significant, if the lethality, uh, the mortality is higher or lower. We don't know the efficacy of our existing vaccines and boosters against this variant. We don't know if there will be policy responses, monetary, fiscal, 
economic restrictions, lockdowns, voluntary. Will people say, I just am scared, I don't wanna go out. That would reduce economic activity, whether it was forced upon them by an authority or not. And so uh, we decided we would wanna wait and see. I think the rest of the market did the same over the weekend, uh, calmer, uh, things have calmed down. They're calm today with the markets being higher here on Monday morning. Still, certainly some area of concern. We want to watch it. And I mentioned earlier about high yield. I thought I'd show you this graph. This is high yield bond spreads. Uh, and so, interestingly, you know, if there's some bad economic news or there's people who are concerned about a recession, spreads start to widen out. High yield bonds are the lowest credit, lowest quality credit bonds in the marketplace. They would be the first to default in the event of an economic slowdown. So you can see here when COVID was first discovered uh, or widely discovered, and then um, you know the lockdowns occurred, there was tremendous fear of default, and the spreads on these shot up to more than a thousand basis points. Uh, slowly but surely, came all the way back down here through 2020, 2021, and there's the spike up you can see. So we're still at historically pretty low levels, um, at least looking over here over the last five years, which is what this graph shows. Pretty low levels on spread, still something that bears watching as the week progresses, whether or not that spread comes in or widens out further. And much economic data for us this week, pending home sales, which we already got and we're great. Tomorrow, FHA house price, K Schiller, Chicago PMI, consumer confidence. Uh, none of those earth shattering, but then we get into December. So we're going to get a, uh, we're gonna get the jobs reports, ADP on Wednesday and the Bureau of, um, um, excuse me, no, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Yeah, the Bureau of Labor Statistics will come on Friday. So uh, market manufacturing PMI 59, looking for 59, construction spending, wards, vehicle sales, Beige Book, which is ahead of the next meeting. I don't expect anything there. Regular weekly claims for un unemployment and the Bureau of Labor Statistics, as I mentioned, jobs report on Friday. We're looking for a pretty big number, both in ADP 538 and BLS 535. Um, it would be nice to see the participation rate pick back up. I think that would give the Fed, they make the, they're so cautious about raising rates, but I think that would get them closer um, and um, anyway, lots of economic data as we move into a new month. Don't forget to listen and subscribe with the thumbs up and the likes on the podcast, all of that good stuff. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.